The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey friends, thank you for joining us yet another time here on Afternoons with Mike, heard daily right here on the Shepherd Radio, and that comprises Orlando, the Villages, Ocala, on up to Gainesville. With me today on the line, a return guest, one that I've gotten to know quite well over the past couple of years. She operates a a ministry, an outreach called Letitia's House. Elizabeth Aimling is on the line with me from Virginia. Welcome back, Elizabeth. It's so good to be back. Thank you, Mike. Well, you know, this uh, this was now about four years ago almost that I first heard about you and this ministry uh, that uh, you began. And the story, I think it, it's worth the retelling of the story of how you got involved in this whole nasty thing called sex trafficking, human trafficking. You know, 10 years, 15 years ago, it wasn't referred to that way. I think it's been around a lot longer than people realize but this whole thing of grooming young people and getting them involved, sometimes at the point of kidnapping them, getting them involved and serving them up to just horrible experiences, horrible stuff. Uh, A lady like yourself from Virginia, why don't you tell the story how you got involved in this whole outreach? Well, I was a mom with three kids, and my husband volunteered me to go on a chaperone, be the chaperone <laughs> on a mission trip. You love those volunteers, right? <laughs> yeah. He volunteered me. Yeah. And so, um, because they wanted a mom to watch the kids, because they were, I mean, the, the kids in the youth group were probably 11 to 16. And so we had our youth pastor, his wife. And there are two little girls, and then we had myself, um, and I basically was in charge of the young ladies on the trip. And so, um, you know, it was it was really interesting that the child, the the kids in youth group, one of our pastors had been homeless and a drug addict, so he, <laughs> excuse me, he taught them videos. You know, he taught them how to minister. Um, they did plays and dramas. And, um, you know, we had started work in Charlottesville where we were located. And so we wanted to teach our young people how to be the hands and feet of Jesus because the kids in our church were overwhelmingly parents from loving, you know, kids with parents from loving homes. They had moms and dads and families. And, you know, most of them had always had warm food in their belly when they needed it. And, you know, it was a great church family community. And so our one of our pastors who'd been homeless, he wanted them to experience life and see, you know, how blessed they were, how privileged they were, but also what we could do to make a difference. So we went to Chicago, ended up in Chicago, and we I was with a, my daughter, Sarah, and Sarah was, like, 13 years old, and Sarah, 12 or 13, and Sarah hadn't gone through Pervita yet, was skinny and feeling lost, and across the street— there's a little girl that looks the same age as my daughter, and she's standing there at 10 o'clock at night with a man dressed really. I thought maybe people in Chicago 
have an unusual style of dress, but he was wearing all pink. I've never seen anybody wear magenta and pink before in my life like that. And he was standing there, but it was 10 o'clock and we were in South Chicago, which has some really not safe places to be. Uh, Even then it wasn't safe. And so um, we went up to her and we were offering people food and water because it was hot, 100 degrees in Chicago. The pavement heat was terrible. Um, People were lying on the street. It was so hot. Because the city keeps, they say it's the windy city, but it's a hot city in the summer. Oh, yeah. And so we offered her food, and she took it, and she was really glad and said her name was Letitia. Well, that night I called my husband. I said, there's a little girl on the street. We need to help her because, you know, immediately moms have that desire to help children. And my husband said, sure. And we were working with the Dream Center. And the guy from the Dream Center, you can't transport a child across state lines. That's kidnapping. I was like, oh, but she needs help. And he said, if we see her again, we'll try to help her. So a couple days later, we were working a soup kitchen, picking up syringes, and we saw Letitia again three days later. And we say, would you like some food? And she said, I'm still full from the other day because her trafficker kept her skinny like a child. We found out later she was in her 20s, but she probably weighed 80 pounds, and she looked like a prepubescent adolescent. He was selling her as a child. And so the dream center is amazing. And I said to the guy, we've got to do something. And he said, if we see her again, because we were all over Chicago, he said, if we see her again, he said, you know, we have a safe house, but we will help her if she's willing for Christ to change her life. And the chances of seeing her again were like, winning the lottery or more. Oh, of course. You're talking crazy. Chicago. Anyway, we prayed we would see her again. We really did. And we're driving through Lower Wacker. It's midnight, and there are men basically almost naked on the ground. And out of the shadows comes Letitia. Oh, and my he stood, there were It was really not a safe place because they're under the street. We're under the street driving. And there's an off-duty cop with us, and they say, Mom, get out, girl, stay in. So I get out of the van with my daughter, Sarah, and we go up to Letitia. And her trafficker is standing three feet away. Mm. And and we said, Letitia, do you want your life to change? And she grabs my hands and Sarah's hands. And she says, I don't know how. And then she says, God, if you're real, change my life. And when she said that prayer, she starts to cry. And she says, I feel loved. I feel warm all over. Something's happening to me. Because the Holy Spirit touched her. And she felt loved. And she said, I've never felt this way in my life. Mm. And so... We got her in the van, and the cop restrained her trafficker because now he realized that he was losing her. And so as we drove to the safe house, she talked for an hour, and she told us she'd been trafficked when she was 12 out of New Orleans. Her brothers were drug dealers, and they sold her. She said she had hep C, HIV. She'd been raped, and until she had met us, nobody cared if she lived or died. Mm. And she didn't know what she was feeling And they explained to her that that was the Lord and that she had felt, you know, God loved her and had always loved her and that he had saved her for for such a time as this. And she was going to be safe now. And then she says, well, I have a bed to sleep in. And they go, yes. And then she says, well, I have a shower. And they go, yes. And as she's talking, it's raw, it's street. She's telling all these things that have happened to her. And the kids in our youth group are silently crying because it's raw and it's real. And it's horrible. It's evil, the things that have happened to her. Um, But we get to the safe house, and the moon is a full moon, and it's a brownstone. 
and the house mother is standing there. And Letitia says to me, I'm scared. You know, I'm scared, she says. And the house mother comes out, and this, this girl is bones, a bag of bones with a beautiful smile, but a bag of bones, you know, and her shoulder blades stick out. And the house mother comes up, and she embraces this broken girl, and she says, welcome home, Letitia, welcome home. And when she did that, we lost it. I mean, everybody's crying. And to me, it was as monumental as when I had my kids because her life was being reborn and she was, it was changing and it was that incredible. I mean, we were seeing a miracle and um, in that moment, the Lord spoke to me and said, this is what you're called to do. And um, I argued with the Lord and said, do you know who you're talking to? I have a bachelor's of music. I accompany for church on Sunday, and I homeschool three kids. You know, I don't know anything about this. And it was just, but the Lord said, you're called, this is what you're supposed to do. So that's how it started. Unreal. You know, when you think about, again, those odds of seeing this young lady who was actually in her 20s, that meant she's been trafficked now for well over eight years, maybe nine and was sold into that by her own family. You know, that yeah. that's often the case, isn't it, with those that are trafficked? It's their very yeah. family members, sometimes even their mom, that turns them in. Yes, absolutely. And the other misconception is people think trafficking is all foreign-born. And, you know, I know with the poorest border, now children are being trafficked in great numbers, and it's horrible. But it used to be around 85% to 90% of all human trafficking individuals were from the U.S. So I'm sure those numbers are going to change because it's a huge it's a huge economy right now for cartels. Yeah. We've had calls in Virginia from a girl that ended up in Winchester trafficked by the Mexican cartels. So, you know, that dynamic, I'm sure, is changing even as we are talking on the air. But overwhelmingly, the women and the children that are trafficked in the U.S. are from the U.S. And a large percentage of them come from foster care, and a large percentage are trafficked by families or friends. Mm. Now, for our listeners that have not heard this story before, that night where you turned Letitia over to that uh, that mom, the house mom that was at that safe house, what happened to her from there? She ended up, they had an amazing program, and we modeled some of it. Um, she ended up getting healthy. And then they have a coffee shop in Chicago where, I mean, most trafficking victims have felonies, and that can be a real hardship in getting gainful employment. And so sometimes it traps people in the lifestyle, even when they don't want to be there because nobody will hire them Mm. with six felonies or grand larceny or whatever. And that's often the case because women who are trafficked are told by their traffickers to steal IDs. And if they're arrested and they have six IDs, it's six counts of identity theft. Or if they have a credit card belonging to someone and the trafficker uses it and it's in their possession, they're charged. So they have a coffee shop in Chicago where women get to go and work. And they had a, they had converted a school, a church into a school. And so they find ways for women to be employed. And she was working as a house manager. That's wonderful. So she ended up being a, you know, her life was truly changed. And she's doing well today? <laughs> she was doing well, yes. That is wonderful. And that's got to be so amazing for you to realize a chance meeting of a young lady 
that looked like 12, but she was actually in her 20s, being trafficked by a pimp standing nearby in a pink suit, of all things. You know, that had to be just an unbelievable occurrence to find her not once, not twice, but a third time. And then to be able to have an officer with you that allowed the taking of Letitia uh, away from that trafficker, because I'm sure he wasn't a happy camper about that. Oh, no, because she was making, if you sell a child, you make more money than if you sell an adult. Um, the average age, boys are trafficked to 7 to 9. The average age, girls are trafficked is 12 to 14. But traffickers often starve their their victims. They they If you can sell a virgin, you make a lot more money. And the average trafficker, I don't know the latest stats, and I, I mean, I think they're constantly changing. It's like $1.5 million a year if you have five to six girls in your, quote, stable. Oh, my goodness. And so... Um, it's the most lucrative illegal enterprise in the world because you can you can traffic a woman and sell her over and over and over again, and you have quotas to make. Um, and it's it's not like drugs where you have to go procure them and then sell them. Uh, the supply is never ending, and of course, traffickers go after, and it happens in middle schools and high schools. Yeah. Um, traffickers go after people that are usually disenfranchised, unhappy from dysfunctional homes. It's not usually the head cheerleader in high school that's trafficked. It's the 13-year-old girl who has acne, who's never been invited to a party, whose parents are fighting, or she doesn't have two parents, or she's living in a place where she's being abused or sexualized. That's the person that gets trafficked. And sometimes uh, uh, traffickers seek out people with vulnerabilities. Yeah, they're child predators. If you think about it, a child predator can spot a child who has been hurt. Um, it's amazing. Um, there was an FBI agent who came and talked with us once, and they interviewed uh, a man who had murdered a child, and he could tell by looking at children who would be vulnerable to being picked off and who wouldn't. And because they had people looking at him and they said, how can you do that? And so they did, he was in California in a federal prison and they had a camera on a school and the children had numbers on their backs facing away from the camera. So their faces were blurred. And he said, which child in this room has been abused? And he picked them all out because it's body language. So a trafficker is a pedophile. Um, they often have sex. If they if they if they have a child that's twelve to fourteen, they will rape that child. They groom that child, mm-hmm. and so they're pedophiles and traffickers. Mm. It's hard to get our brain around the kind of level of evil that we're talking about here. People that Ooh. just absolutely enslave children, often again groomed. Uh, it's. It's a sad story to think, first of all, that these young people are going through even what they're going through in home, maybe being bullied or maybe being, uh, like you said, abused physically or emotionally abused. But then it's another entire level to spot those kids that are kind of in trouble, then kind of in a, a false way, start to uh, get to know them and maybe offer them something better only to enslave them into untold horror and terror. That happens all the yeah. time. Absolutely. I mean, we have young ladies, we have women that come to our house and they say, I love him. You know, he says he loves me if I obey him. And they, this may be the only person who's ever quote loves them in their lives. Yeah. 
the person that's uh, exposing them to all of this maybe the only person who's ever loved them and they believe it's love yeah and so when we get women in our house some of them want to testify some of them are bonded to us some of them we just we just wait and when they say i love him you say okay and you go on and you have Bible study and you have counseling and you have art therapy and you have activities and you're safe and you're fed and you do silly things and you work through your trauma. And six months down the line, usually it's not, I mean, it take it can take six months, six months into it. Some, sometimes somebody says, you know, Miss Liz, uh, I, don't, I, I don't think he loved me after all. And you go, oh. Really? And they go, yeah, that's not love. And even this past Christmas in both of our houses, we had women who had no, never celebrated Christmas before and never had a Christmas present. And one of the residents at our house said, I woke up on Christmas morning at five o'clock and I went into the great room and there was a tree and there were packages with my name on it. And I cried. Oh, I've wow. never had that in my life. And she's 26 years old. Oh, my goodness. So they get to taste love. And they are they are definitely loved and treasured and cared for by the staff at Letitia's house and the volunteers. Well, the I mean, story they are embraced by a loving community. The story of Letitia's house uh, started off up in the Virginia area, obviously where Elizabeth lives, and it was from there that she found herself in Chicago. Uh, after that voluntold uh, trip by her husband that turned out to be a wonderful thing and a life-changing trip, actually, for Elizabeth and all of the people that she's reaching. She started this house called Letitia's House, named in honor of that young lady. And then uh, it's uh, somehow the door opened for this to happen in Orlando. We're going to hear that story in a moment. Elizabeth Aimling is my guest from Letitia's House, the founder, and a very big event is coming up on Father's Day that's going to be a barbecue that's going to help that. We'll hear more about that in just a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. You're on The Shepherd. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. On the line with me is Elizabeth Ameling. She is the founder of Letitia's House. It's an amazing home, as you've just heard if you've been with us since the beginning, the origin of this house. It actually happened on a trip that Elizabeth was with her young people, her own children and some other young people from her church, and out of the blue, an opportunity to help a young girl that she thought was only 12, 13, who actually was in her 20s, who was being trafficked, uh, actively being trafficked with a pimp right there. Uh, she basically 
save this young lady to a safe house. And out of this, a ministry is born, first of all, there in Virginia. And then uh, you've got this whole thing, this thing called a Letitia's House. In a moment, I'm going to share, have you share how you got to Orlando. But you do have, and I want to mention it several times during this, uh, this program, you have an event coming up on Father's Day weekend that's going to be a fundraiser, a way to help, a fun thing to do. There's going to be live music. There's going to be burgers. There's going to be a lot of fun. It's a cookout. at. It's actually at my church, at Metro Life Church in Castleberry. So give us the details on that event. Absolutely. It's going to be a wonderful event. Lourdes Munoz is, is the uh, program director in Orlando, and she's coordinated this. And I wish she was on the call today, but she can't be. And it's going to be, it's a fundraiser for Hope Village. Um, Hope Village is going to be a long-term home for women who graduate from the safe house. So that's what the purpose of it is. And that's the next, you know, vision that we have. It starts at 11 o'clock on the 17th of June, and it goes to 2 o'clock. And the food is being done by some argue the best barbecue place in Orlando, although I think Bodacious Barbecue might argue, but it's Four Rivers Barbecue. Four Rivers. there's an ongoing battle, who's the best? Um, My daughter prefers Four Rivers. I know we've eaten it both, but Four Rivers is doing the food. So all you Orlandians, you're going to know it's amazing food. And, um, I mean, it's done like nobody else can do. There are going to be games for the kids and live entertainment. And the tickets are $10 for kids and $30 for adults. And so I'm going to give you an email to go to specifically so you can contact Lourdes. So it's Lourdes at L-A-T-I-S-H-A-S, LaticiasHouse.com. And then that's L-O-U-R-D-E-S, Lourdes at LaticiasHouse.com. And Leticia is spelled L-A-T-I-S-H-A. Right. So it's LaticiasHouse.com. Any apostrophe after and that for before the S? No, there's no apostrophe. No apostrophe. Lourdes at LaticiasHouse.com. Got it. And then the phone number to call for this, if you have questions, is 321-421-9200. So I'll let you grab a pencil and I'll say it again. It's 321-421-9243. Got it. I've written it down as well. And we'll put this on our uh, our Facebook page for The Shepherd. And uh, we're just really excited to be behind this event and really so appreciate you, Elizabeth, for what you do and this whole thing about, you know, just grassroots involvement. Who would have believed that this young mom on a trip, I mean, you weren't going there to look for a full-time ministry that is now expanded to another major city from where you live. You were not looking for any of that, but God opened the door. And I love it when you say that you knew it was the Lord because he spoke to your heart and said, this is what I'm calling you to do. And even though you argued, it did no good because you, you're not going to argue with God when he calls your name, right? <laughs> 
but you may temporarily. Then <laughs> <laughs> you can end up like Jonah in the belly of a fish. So That's right. I don't want to be in the belly of a fish. So, but, but but I love that because I look at. Um, I mean, he uses broken broken things, and it's there's no way this could be anything but the Lord because I'm such an imperfect flawed human being. With you know, I, I was so not streetwise, never used in the legal drug of my life. You know, it just, it was all really brand new. But I really just think it reminds me in Isaiah where he says, who will go? And and he kneels and says, well, is me, I'm a man of unclean lips and me. And that's kind of what it's like. I think the Lord is always seeking people to do that, and he will use a donkey if that's all that's there. <laughs> and he's done you know, that. <laughs> and he will in the Bible, he actually used a donkey. And that's so right. I think it's just being willing to obey, and he gives us the wisdom as we go. And he's blessed Letitia's house because in Florida and Virginia, he's brought along people more qualified than me. Um, Lourdes has her MSW, and she loves the Lord, but she's I think she's licensed now, and Stephanie has her MSW, and Felicia, they've all been trauma-certified and trained and Mm -hmm. have years and depth of experience. And in Virginia, we have amazing people that God has brought to us um, who love the Lord and have trauma. John L. is getting her MSW in August, and she'll be licensed. And I have all these people, staff, that love the Lord one of our, Lauren Donnelly worked in Orlando, helped get it off the ground. She just graduated from Regent with her Master's of Law. And so she's going to be an outreach coordinator for people in the community and people who've left the house that mm. we can't put in our residential programs. So God has brought all these talented women to us and volunteers who have great credentials and great compassion and great heart and they want to see lives change. Mm-hmm. And our motto is changing one life at a time and changing the world for future generations. And what we've seen is, you know, the cycle of the cycle of depravity and victimization has to stop. And a lot of these women have kids. And if you stop the cycle of abuse and victimization and exploitation and drug abuse and all of that, their children's lives are changed. Mm. I mean, it changes generations. It changes families. It doesn't just change them. Mm-hmm. And so the impact is much greater than just the one woman living at Letitia's house. Right. So it's why it's so important, because it's impacting generations. Now, before we talk about the Central Florida connection and how you came to Orlando with Letitia's house, uh, I, I'd like your opinion or your thoughts. How is it that laws, which I know are on the books for this kind of thing, I mean, this would fall under the prostitution laws. How is it that these kids can stand out on a public street like what you saw Letitia and here you are, you're, you're at that point not a trained worker or anything at all like that, but you could tell something was wrong. How is it that this is getting by in America like this? That's a really good question. I'm sure there are lots of answers. My personal thought is that people like to pretend it's not there. Um, it's our ugly secret. It's been going on for thousands of years. People were enslaved. I mean, Joseph was sold into slavery. Um, 
it's it's been an endemic problem around the world, um, probably from the beginning of time almost, and it's horrible. But I also really think that people choose to live in their bubbles and they don't want to uh-huh. see it. Yeah. And what I've known, what I've observed in both Orlando and Virginia, and where we go and talk, once you share the reality of it, that there are 300,000 women and children minimally trafficked every year in the U.S., and it's much more than that, and fewer than 1% get help, that's egregious. And when you say it's in your community, and like one of the FBI agents we work with in Virginia said, there's trafficking in every hotel in Virginia. Wow. That's mind-blowing. It is. You think, you think hotels in Williamsburg, you think hotels in Norfolk, convention centers. Every hotel in Williamsburg. We know there was trafficking at Disney World. Mm-hmm. There and, is, I mean, and, and we hear about somebody. it. We hear about this I mean, ha- right here in yeah. the area. Yeah, yeah, in or in Orlando. I mean, the Russian mafia is in Orlando, but there was trafficking at Walt Disney World. Wow! And they got the perpetrator because somebody recognized the pictures of the hotel online. Wow! I mean, and that was a child, a young child, and so. People don't like to face it. It's like looking at something ugly, and they often just want to walk away and pretend. So I feel like our job, part of our job, is to make people realize that this is this is a crisis, and if you know about it, you can't walk away and do nothing. Mm-hmm. You can pray. You can donate. You can mentor a child in a school because they know that children who grow up and dysfunctional families or in in terrible family situations, if there's one person in that child's life, you can prevent them from getting involved in drugs or trafficking. Mm. One person believing in a child can change that child's life forever and change the world. And so be that one person, be that Girl Scout leader, be that Cub Scout leader, be that teacher, be that church teacher's aide, be that nurse, mm-hmm. nurses on the front line. That one person can make a difference. And so what we want, we dearly, dearly want is everybody listening and everybody to recognize it's a problem in their community and do something. It doesn't mean you have to open a safe house, but I believe it does require us to respond. And like, you know, Jesus said, you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. You know, when I was hungry, you fed me not. When I was naked, you didn't clothe me. And so we have a mandate from our Lord to do this. And so I want people's consciences to be pricked. I want them to be bothered by it and Mm -hmm. be uncomfortable. So they say, hey, I've got to do something. I'm going to donate to Letitia's house. I'm going to give toiletry supplies because those those are needed in every Letitia's house. Cleaning supplies and toiletry supplies and tampons and milk and juice. It's always needed. Um, Hair supplies. I'm going to make a difference. I'm not comfortable around this personally, but I'm going to give this or do that. I love it. Or I'm going to offer young women who have felonies who come from Letitia's house, I'm going to offer them employment, and I'm going to give them opportunity. You know, there are lots of ways to get involved. You know, for somebody that has never (laughs) told the Lord, I can't do that, I'm a homeschooler. I think you do quite well, though, what you're doing, Elizabeth. (laughs) (laughs) You do very well. Uh, You're very convincing. And I think uh, that whole thing about us being troubled to at least do something. I mean, everybody can do something. We can all take part. That's what this program today is all about. We're wanting to draw attention.
to the fact that there is a need, and it's a real need. It's going on not in some faraway country. It's happening right here in our own backyards. People are being groomed. Young people are yeah. being accosted and and abused and then opened up to a life of, of sex slavery. It happens. It's, mm. Yeah, you're right. I think a lot of people, a lot of us want to stay in the bubble and kind of look the other way and act like it's not happening. But sadly, friends, this is happening maybe even in your own neighborhood. And so we've got to do something. And I so admire Elizabeth Ameling because she's a mom who obeyed the Lord when the voice of the Lord said, you got to do this. This is what I'm calling you to do. You got involved. Now, in the time we have left here in this segment, Elizabeth, tell me how it is that the uh, program that you began there in Virginia, how did that end up in Orlando? Well, I've come to Orlando for a long time, and we got a referral to our house in Virginia from a young lady uh, that was in Orlando, and she said, Miss Liz, I was trafficked, and I thought I would die. Please open a house in Orlando. So we came down from Virginia. Uh, Lauren Donnelly and I came from Virginia, and we went to the Sex Trafficking Summit, um, and we went and we just said, Lord, if this is what you want us to do, lead us to the right people, which is good. And there were probably, I don't know how many thousands of people there in a big convention center. And um, I, I have a timeshare. I bought it for $5 years ago, so I could take my son to Disney World. So I still have the timeshare. So we were staying in our timeshare. And um, and that's another story. But anyway, <laughs> we pray that God will lead us to the right people. So we met. We met somebody from Wonder Woman Hope, Meg, who's precious, and then she introduced us to a bunch of people. And in the course of three days, these people all sat around, and we went and talked with her church at Northland. And she's like, "Most people come in here, and they, you know, people go, yeah, right. They're not good." She said, "You were different." And so we talked, and so we started a partnership with her. And then one of the people at the table said, "I know a woman, and she's got a house." And we were believing God for a house. Literally on this week, we said, okay, God's going to lead us to the right people. He's going to give us a house. Sounds nuts, I know. You know, at least open the door. And they say, there's this woman who's got a house and it's empty. Her mother died and she's praying about using it for a ministry. So I'm in the animal kingdom with Lauren Donnelly. And I have a phone call with this mom, this woman um, who's really precious. She and her husband. And she says, I had a dream last night about a trafficked girl on the streets of Orlando. Oh and the gosh. Lord told me I was supposed to do something, and now you call me. Wow. And so we met, and um, the pastor, I mean, one of the pastors at Church in the Sun met, too, uh, and another friend of ours, who, you know, we sat there and he prayed, and, and he says, I think this is supposed to happen. And so a month later, we worked out the details, and we got we got custody of the house. I mean, we don't own it, we rent it, but it's it, very favorable to us. And then there was just a lot of work getting it ready because it was in disrepair, mm-hmm. a lot of disrepair, electrical issues, my goodness, and things. But that's how the Florida house happened. And then um, dear Meg at One to One Health goes, you know, I've got this, this young woman, you know, Stephanie, and she has her MSW from UCF and she works with us and she's an advocate. And so I met her in the airport before I flew home and I said, would you like a job? <laughs> and she had a job offer from another state, house, but she took hours, which was amazing. Oh, and so, goodness. and we love this other person, but she took the job. And so 
that's kind of how it happened. It was um, crazy. Wow. I mean, just just not crazy, but amazing. I mean, Lauren went down there for a year and got it started with policy procedures, and then and then it was a that was a temporary assignment, and then we had Felicia and Stephanie and Lourdes all come on board, mm-hmm. and they're all amazing women. It's and such then a three uh, Phillips Redeemer Counseling. They're all these wonderful people that right. volunteer. I don't want to leave anybody up, but there you know who you are. You've made a huge difference. Yes, and Letitia's so. house again. It, it, it's just another miracle story, just like what happened in Chicago when Elizabeth found Letitia to begin with. It's a miracle story, and the sustaining power of God is also here. And that's how, if you're hearing this and you're being inspired, and maybe you've wanted to do something and thought, I I need to find a way that I can contribute some way. Well, here's the way. It's called Letitia's House, and you can get involved, if nothing else, help people go, buy somebody's ticket to go to that barbecue uh, on Father's Day weekend that's coming up. My guest today is Elizabeth Emily. She's with Letitia's House, and we'll be right back. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top train comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. On the line with me, Elizabeth Ameling, and Elizabeth is the founder of this amazing ministry called Letitia's House, and they have an event coming up in June, and it's going to be at MetroLife Church on the Saturday of uh, Father's Day weekend. It's a cookout, food from Four Rivers. There's going to be live music. There's going to be games for the kids. It's going to go, I think you said 11 to 2, is that right? Correct. Uh, 11 a.m. till 2. The date was the 17th of June, right? Yes. And again, that's in Castleberry at Metro Life Church. And, you know, one of the things that strikes me about you, Elizabeth, is that you, first of all, are a woman of faith. And I love that about you. You really are one who has responded in faith to even just the urging of your heart, but obviously you've been moved deeply by what happened to you on that first trip to Chicago. But what I think is so important that we highlight right now is the miracle that happens to people when they trust God in the small details, even the smallest details. So here's this call that comes to you about would you come to Orlando? It's almost like a the, what we read about in the Bible in the Macedonian call. There's a plea. It's a dream. It's it's a phone. <laughs> in your case, it's a phone call. But that call is a pointer to an area where you have no contacts at all. There's no way to make that happen quickly. And so you do the first step, and that is to go down to a, an event in Orlando with some friends. You attend a conference with thousands of other people in Orlando, and in the small details of God's sovereignty, you end up making connections that end up opening the door for an outreach in Orlando. I find that to be amazing. It really was amazing. God is faithful. I mean, we said, show us where to go and who to talk to. Yeah. And um, the other thing that helped with all of this was um, when I got home from that trip, 
I knew we needed church support because back in Virginia, our home church is very involved. We have a lot of church support in Virginia. Those people who go to church are primary volunteers and they're primary sources of funding as well. And um, doing work around the house and, you know, fixing this toilet or that thing, you know, um, it's a lot of people who volunteer at church who, who come and make a difference. And so Benny and Sheree Phillips, um, shout out to them. They're precious. Love them oh, dearly. Love them. We, Jeff and I went to Fairfax Covenant Church in Fairfax when Benny was the pastor. Yes. And we knew them 34 years ago. And we were there when we were newlyweds. Um, we went to a marriage conference and we got all the questions right and we knew nothing. <laughs> they were just well read, but absolutely nothing. Um, and Cherie had written a book on, on raising children yes. and their book on Esther and stuff like that. But anyway, when I got home to Virginia, the Lord said, write pastors. You know, we've got to get this. So I wrote Church in the Sun and I wrote Benny. And I said, you may not remember me, but you know, 30 years ago, <laughs> we were part of Fairfax. And Benny responded back, and he was delighted. So he invited my husband and I to come and speak at a, a group at their church and talk about the ministry that was going to happen. And that started a great partnership. I know it impacted them greatly. And it was the perp they were looking for a ministry to get involved in, and God brought us together right at the perfect oh, time. Wow, yeah. So, um, I mean, I wrote probably 30 letters and— but I heard back from the right people. You know, God brought the right partners together. You know, I've been privileged to be part of some of these events with you, like what you've done in the big banquet in the fall at the Citrus Club in downtown Orlando. And of course, my friend Benny was uh, there and uh, Jeff, Jesse and uh, Joey, I believe as well. Yeah. And yeah. these, these are such fun people to be around. Uh, how do you attribute, uh, it, it's got to just be another one of those parts of the miracle when you see people like the Phillips and others here from church in the sun. And I think I heard you say Northland as well when, right. when, uh, and now you're having this event at Metro life church yeah. in Orlando. Uh, this has got to be one of those things where you, at the end of the day, you go, Wow, I I pray that God would allow people in churches to get involved and look what's happening. That's got to bolster your faith, Elizabeth. Absolutely it does. I think it's I think it's I always say it's the Lord's heart. What mm. we're doing is the Lord's heart. And I think when he touches hearts and and people respond, it's amazing and that's that's his tug on their hearts. I mean, he tugged on mine and once you encounter a young lady who's been trafficked and you see redemption and change, your life has forever changed and yeah. you never walk away. Yeah. And so what people do in this ministry is then they share that passion or to share that experience and more people get involved. So that's what's happened. Um, but the church community is the most responsive mm. by far. Mm. Well, it's a growing thing, and I know you mentioned that there's a new vision. It's not just the house that you have serving the women who are there and rescued, but you have this vision uh, about a village. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, what's amazing is actually we have two visions. Um, one, we know we need a second house because we're turning away three to ten people a week, if not more. Oh, Our goodness. beds are full. 
and we get referrals like every day. And I can't even read them anymore because it breaks my heart and I don't know what to do. And I know no other place to refer people to because everybody's full. And so that sometimes is a death sentence for people to say no and more having to say no or, you know, we that's happening. So we want a second house in Orlando and we're believing God for a second house in Virginia. And then the other thing that God is firmly emblazoned in our hearts is a long-term housing project for women and women who have kids called Hope Village. And Hope Village is in honor of a woman who had five children who ended up dying of a fentanyl overdose. And she was a resident at our house in Virginia, and she was forced out by Child Protective Services. She was supposed to get a job and be functioning and healed, and you don't heal from trauma in a year. But the state of Virginia and the state of Florida give you very little time to get your act together. And sometimes you, 12 months is not enough. And so uh, she was going to court to get custody of her kids back. They were split up in five foster homes. Wow. And um, she was forced to leave our house. The judge said, well, you know, she's going to, her rights are going to be severed. We've got to let her go. And so we wrote a letter and she got an apartment. And two weeks later, she was dead of a fentanyl overdose. Oh, and at her funeral, which was amazing, um, her 12 year old daughter came. And the man who had first gotten her pregnant, her stepdad, was there. He accepted the Lord. Talk about redemption. Five people accepted Christ. The kids from her culinary school class were there in their chef uniforms. And at that moment, God dropped in my heart, this can't ever happen again. And so if we'd had housing for her where she could continue healing from trauma, because it takes two and a half years to five years to heal from trauma, not one, Mm -hmm. then she'd still be alive. And so we have a vision and the details, finite workout of Hope Village in Virginia and Florida, where six families will live in a community with an on-site supervisor working closely with a church. Mm-hmm. And there will be family counseling. There will be um, a classroom with books in it, computers, laundry facilities. There will be drug testing if that's needed. There will be continued services, why women heal and continue to grow. We're going to work with realtors and financial advisors. So at the end of three years, these women living with their kids will learn how to be good parents. They will complete high school or college or vocational school. They will have a credit score of 720 or better. They will have been working with a financial advisor and realtor so they can get their own forever home. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So that's what Hope Village is. And we love to partner with builders to do that as well. We're investigating other possibilities because after three years, so the goal is that when you graduate from a safe house, but you're not really ready to be out in the big bad world, you have another safe place to go. You know, make positive choices and continue to heal and grow. This kind of vision is is so inspiring. And I'm wondering, you know, when when you think about the exponential stuff that's happening at the uh, with the, with the border being as kind of in a mess as it is and the cartels mm-hmm. seemingly having almost their way at our southern border right now. And we know that they're not just uh, losing that opportunity. These things are only going to get more important as time goes on here in our country. And mm-hmm. these young people, we need people who are like you, Elizabeth, who are going to say, I want to be involved. I want to get somehow 
involved in this fight against human trafficking and make a difference. And this is one way that they can do it. They can contact you and give us, if you will, that website again for how people can okay. go and find okay. out about I'll it. I'll give you a couple. Um, Lourdes for the barbecue is Lourdes at Letitia'sHouse.com. And then our website is www.Letitia'sHouse.com. And then the phone number is 321-421-9243. Okay. And that's Letitia's House with no apostrophe. Just spell it out. L-A-T-I-S-H-A-S house.com. Yes. And uh, this house that they've uh, been operating here for the last several years, it's full. They need more house. They need another home. They need this Hope Village. There are many things uh, in the future that can help these people. It's going to be, like I said a while ago, it's going to be a growing need. And it probably will be for the next generation, the way things have gone. So we need uh, just to pray as well that God will strengthen and God will provide and God will inspire people like Elizabeth Ameling as what you've done. And I'm just so blessed to know you, Elizabeth, and grateful for what you're doing. And I I trust that I know how, how many times a year are you making that trek from Virginia to Florida now? Not as many as I used to, um, but I'm going to come down for the barbecue, um, and I'll be down there for the gala in October. Yes. So I'm looking forward to reconnecting because they're, but you know, the house in Florida, the the, the Stephanie and Lourdes and Felicia are amazing, and uh, but I'm just you know to your audience, if somebody out there has land, if someone out there has a house. Um, you know, I believe that God has the land and has a second house for us and that we're just waiting. They're just waiting for the call mm-hmm. and God moving them. If someone has property, please reach out because we know this is what God wants us to do. Um, and we're going to continue to, to obey as, as long as we're alive. So, you know, please join us and, um, quite honestly, people better than me. So, uh, you You're know. doing a great job, Elizabeth. Elizabeth Aimling from Letitia's House. Give us that website one more time. It's letitiashouse.com. Letitiashouse.com. Friends, write it down. Check it out. Be part of the event June 17th at MetroLife Church, Castleberry, 11 to 2. Live music, food from Four Rivers. You can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. All the details about how you can get your ticket for that is there. And Elizabeth, thank you for spending the time with us today. It was such an honor and such a pleasure. Thank you so much. And we'll see you at the barbecue. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to it. And friends, thank you for being with us today here on Afternoons with Mike. 